productivity is not antithetical to the gospel. It's not this whole other separate thing that only like corporate bigwigs should care about or people that care about climbing the ladder of success. No, if you understand it biblically, every Christian should be about productivity because we want to bring God more glory. Welcome to the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. And I am your host, Reagan Rose. Well, guys, I can't tell you how excited I am to be back with you again for season two of the show. Uh, Last season, we talked about habits and we went into different types of habits, how you build them, what the Bible says about habits, put on, put off. Uh, We talked about rest. We talked about Bible study, about prayer, and it was a great time in my opinion. (laughs) But uh, this season, I'm actually going to be a little less structured. I don't really have a theme to it except for productivity. But I have a lot of interesting, I think, topics lined up for you. And I think you guys are going to like this one. I also have several interesting guests already booked for this season. And we're going to talk about topics having to do with building habits as a Christian, about managing your time well, and just productivity from a biblical perspective. Well, you know, since it is a new season, I thought it'd be a good idea to start with a bit of a clean slate. We picked up a lot of new subscribers last season, and so some of you probably haven't been listening that long. So I want to tell you where I'm coming from, how I believe that personal productivity connects to the gospel of Jesus Christ, why it's an important matter for every single Christian, and how it reshapes how we think about our life and our objective in this world as believers. So in this episode, we're going to talk about the purpose, the produce, and the plentitude of our productivity as believers. But before we look at those, I want to talk about a definition. You know, I use the word productivity a lot because I kind of have to, because it describes a very wide range of ideas. You know, when I say the word productivity, some people immediately think about time management. Some people immediately think about life hacks. Some people, some people think about, um, apps or to-do lists or calendars or priorities. And there's a million different ways that you can use the word productivity. It's a very broad topic. And so I think it's helpful to think through what it means to be productive and how our definition of that should be shaped by the Bible. So I offer this as a summary of what I would call the world's definition of productivity. I would say that If you read a general book or a blog post on productivity, the way that most people think about it in a broad sense is being productive means getting as much of the right stuff done in as little time as possible. Getting as much of the right thing, so priorities are baked into that, how do you decide what to work on? The right stuff done in as little time as possible. And so that's the efficiency side of it. There's the effectiveness, how do you decide what to work on and the efficiency side. How do you do that? Well, how do you minimize uh, how many resources you spend of your own time, of your own energy? How do you do things cheaply, efficiently, right? I think that's a good summary definition, but I think what so often sneaks into how we think about productivity is a purpose. It's, it's not explicit in that definition and it's not even explicit in how people will talk about being productive. They'll tell you how to better use your time, how to manage your to-do lists. But when you dig deep, people that talk about productivity often have an implicit purpose in it. And the purpose is some version of, so you can be happy. Why do you want to get as much of the right stuff done in as little time as possible? So you can be happy. And they might not say to be happy. They might say, so you can be successful. 
so you can get a promotion at work, so you can become rich, so you could become ripped, you know? You want to be efficient with with your workouts and with your with your diet and all those things. Um, there's even people in the productivity world who are obsessed with longevity. How can you make your life as long as possible? But I think that all of those different implicit purposes boil down to one thing, you. It's self-improvement. It's personal productivity. It's self-focused. And look, I think that there's an aspect of productivity, even as Christians, that we understand that the purpose of it or part of the purpose of it is to make ourselves better. I think that's obvious. But as an end in itself, as an overriding raison d'etat, to use the French, your personal happiness is not the reason you exist. And so I think that the way that we think about productivity as Christians has to be shaped by our unique understanding of our purpose in this world. So let me offer you my own sort of a, a biblical definition of what it means to be productive. And I, I say that the biblical definition of productivity is effectively stewarding the resources God has given you in his power. So that's that's the the definition part. Again, there's the effectiveness. You want to you want to be stewarding God's resources in a wise manner. You want to put them towards the right things, right? I want to I want to steward my job in a way that is uh, smart and wise. I want to steward my my body effectively, and my money. All these things are resources that God has loaned us to use for His purposes, and I want to do that well in his power. He empowers me to serve him. We'll look at more of this in just a moment, but what's the purpose? What's the purpose for why a Christian should be productive? Well, I would submit to you that it's not primarily about personal happiness, though that comes as a package deal with it. No, the reason that we want to be productive is for God's glory. The world says be productive so you can be happy and rich and healthy. We say, let's be productive for the glory of God. And that's why every episode I end with saying that in whatever you do, do it well and do it all for the glory of God, because that's what we're about. I want to live this life well so that my God gets more glory because my God deserves it, because my God is the creator, because my God is the savior, because even though I've sinned against God, he provided a way in Jesus Christ for me to be saved. And when I come to Christ and I bow my knee to him and I say, you are the Lord of my life, I am giving him my life. And he has work for us to do. And that work brings him glory. But I get ahead of myself. Let's let's keep moving on. Let's look, let's look at those three P's that I told you we would talk about in terms of uh, productivity as a Christian. The first P is purpose. What's my purpose? Well, I just told you, you were created to glorify God. That's why you were made. That's why you exist. That's the whole reason for all of this. Um, and you see in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, it says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. You don't belong to you. You aren't your own person anymore. All of this that you do isn't about you if you have trusted in Jesus Christ, if you have declared him to be what he truly is, which is the Lord of all. Well, 
you've been bought at a price. And that price is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. But what's the result? The Apostle Paul says, so glorify God with your body or in your body. Use this life. Offer yourself. I talked about this um, many episodes ago. I think it was episode 81. I talked about, you know, productivity 101. I'm a living sacrifice. That's what this is all about. The glory of God. And so R.C. Sproul on this point, he says, one of my favorite quotes, he says, our calling as Christians is the highest calling there is. And the idea of being productive is not the invention of capitalism. It is the mandate of Christ. You hear that? That's R.C. Sproul talking. People think productivity is all about business stuff. It's all about, oh, you know, life hacks. It's not. Not for us. As believers, we care about being productive because we've been put here for the highest purpose there is, to bring glory to God. But how do we glorify God? And this is, this is the, the connecting point. How do we glorify God? It's one thing to say, be productive, use your time well, glor- glorify God. That's a very general sense, but how do we actually do it? Well, that brings us to the second P, and that is the produce of our productivity. And what I mean by this is we are called to glorify God through good works. And the reason I call it produce, I could have called it the product as well. But what is it that we glorify God in? The Bible summarizes the way in which we glorify God in a simple phrase, good works or good fruit. We'll look at that in a moment. But the way that you can bring glory to God with your life, the way that you can be used by him to fulfill the ultimate purpose, the chief end of man, is by doing good works. Now, here's how this connects to the gospel. Because some of you are listening or you're watching and you hear me talking about doing good works and you start to get itchy. You start to feel a little bit weird because you're like, no, 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 people aren't saved by good works. Why are you talking about good works? And I'm glad that you're getting itchy. I am. Maybe see a doctor. But listen, here's the thing. Good works are connected to the gospel. Good works are not what save you, but good works are the purpose for which you were saved unto. Let me show you from the scriptures. This is Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10. The apostle Paul writes, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. A lot of you probably know this passage because it's such like a key, succinct way of summarizing the gospel. And Paul says, you're saved by grace. What's that mean? It's a free gift. And he clarifies, this isn't your own doing. It's the gift of God, not as a result of works. What's the point? People aren't saved by what they do. You can't be a good enough person to save yourself, to to make up for the sin that we've done against God. There's nothing we can do about it. But guess what? God has done it through Jesus Christ. And that's why we believe in him by faith and we are forgiven. We are declared righteous. We are adopted into God's family. We have the hope of eternity in heaven. It's an amazing thing. That's why we say amazing grace because it's incredible. And it's not the result of works. Why? So that no one may boast. You can't brag that I saved myself because you didn't contribute anything. But look, it keeps going. Verse 10, Ephesians 2 8 through 10. Verse 10 says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. This is interesting. We are his workmanship. So he, he made us created in Christ Jesus. Why? To what end? To what purpose? For good works, which God prepared beforehand 
that we should walk in them. This is such a, a fascinating verse, and it follows right in the heels of the gospel. And what Paul's point is here is that you have been saved not by good works, but part of, of being saved is that you have now been given a purpose, which, man, isn't that an amazing thing? People don't talk about this enough. The, the, there are so many benefits of being a Christian. One, you know, salvation from, from hell, eternity with God. That's a pretty, that's probably the number one benefit, but also you're given a purpose. The whole world runs around not knowing what they're about. What am I supposed to be doing? Oh, who am I? What do I do? You know, because God's told you, you are a child of the King of Kings and he saved you and given you a mission. And your mission is to glorify him through good works. But a lot of people come up short here. We, we focus on the gospel, which we should, and we don't think about the implications of the gospel for our lives, which is you don't just get saved and you wait around here, you know, and, and earth is just a vestibule, a waiting room uh, for heaven. Now there's work to do. And that work is the good works of bringing God glory through our lives. But what are good works? Well, it's not just walking a granny across the street. Um, good works are a very broad category, but they have to do with obedience. Uh, but it's more than just obedience. It's obedience in the right heart attitude. And so one way to talk about it is good works are those things that are done out of obedience to God. They're actions, attitudes, and thoughts that flow from a heart of love. And Dr. Dan Doriani, who I had on, I think in episode 22, long time ago now. Uh, I just, he recently did an interview with my friend David over at Gospel Relevance, and he noted that good works generally have three elements. One is the right motive, which is love for God. Two is the right standard. That's God's word. I, I know what is good. I know what I ought to do because God's word tells me. And three, the right goal, the glory of God and the good of a neighbor. I love that summary. The three elements that, that good works have are Right motive, love for God, right standard, God's word, and three, the right goal, the glory of God and the good of a neighbor. It's so well put. And you could even say more succinctly is the way Jesus put it. He said that the summary of the law was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And the second most important commandment is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. If you do those things, if you actually love God and love your neighbor, you will obey God's word. You will long to understand it so that you can obey it because you love God and you will do what it says because you want to obey God and you won't harm your neighbor. If you look at any of the laws in, in the Old Testament, those laws were different ways to prevent us from harming our neighbor. I'm not to slander my neighbor and hurt him. I'm not to... Um, I'm not to covet my neighbor's wife or his ox, right? These are things that you wouldn't do if you really loved that person. And that's a wonderful thing about the gospel of Jesus Christ is it doesn't just save us. It transforms our heart and we start to become people who are characterized by love. And love comes out in good works. And so we're looking for ways to produce good work and actually have this product of good work so that we bring God glory. And even the stuff we do as we love our neighbors, all of that brings God more glory. So you see how the purpose connects to the produce? And Jesus says in Matthew 5, 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So this is what, how do we fulfill our purpose? 
we glorify God by doing good works. As we live our lives as Christians and we love God and we love people and that shows up in our good works. So another way to put it is I want to be like a mirror at like a 45 degree angle. And I want people to look at me, look at the light shining from me through my good works. And instead of seeing me, I'm just this big bounce card and it points back to God. You know what I'm saying? Like your whole life should be an arrow pointing towards God. And when people see your good works, they give him glory, not you. And that's what it's all about. And so Christians are productive because our purpose is to glorify God. And the way we do that is through good works. Okay. That brings us to the third P, which is plentitude. And really, this is the thing that brings it all together for me. I exist to glorify God and I do that by bearing good fruit. And so I want to be productive in bearing good fruit. Do you see what I'm saying? I want to bear good works, not just some, many, a lot, because I want to bring a lot of glory to God. And so I'm trying to organize my life in such a way that I bear much fruit for God. Um, another verse, John 15, we'll talk about this more in this season, but this is one of the key passages to me about what Christian productivity is. And it's John 15. It's when he is talking about, I am the true vine. You are the branches. You remember this verse eight, man, this sums it up. He says, by this, my father is glorified. Remember, that's our purpose. By this, my father's glorified that you bear much fruit in context. Uh, the fruit he's talking about is good works. By this, my father's glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. If you want to bring God glory, you bear fruit. So that's my purpose. The produce of it is the good works. And I want to bear a plentitude of those good works so that God gets the most glory. That really is like the whole thing. That's it in a nutshell. And all of the stuff we do, like this is why I care about the practical things too, and why we should care about how we manage our time because it's God's time. And, and we're using that in a way to bring him glory and be productive in good works. It's why I care about being in his word because I want to become the type of person that is productive. I want to be connected to the true vine in a vital way so that I am maturing and bearing more fruit of good works. And so you see, productivity is not antithetical to the gospel. It's not this whole other separate thing that only like corporate bigwigs should care about or people that care about climbing the ladder of success. No, if you understand it biblically, productivity, every Christian should be about productivity because we want to bring God more glory. And that's why I'm so passionate about this subject and why I love talking about it with you guys every single week. Listen, if this idea is just like making your heart sing and this is resonating with you, stick around. Um, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe if you're on YouTube. I got lots more coming for you this season. And I have a ton of resources over my website as well, redeemingproductivity.com. But the number one thing you should do if you want more of this kind of stuff is sign up for my newsletter. If you go to newsletter.redeemingproductivity.com, you can get on my weekly newsletter called Reagan's Roundup. And in it, I share different thoughts and insights on productivity from a Christian worldview. I'll share new videos I come out with, new articles, and I have this big roundup of links every single week that are practical things and spiritual things that will help you in your journey to becoming a more productive Christian. And if that wasn't enough, when you sign up for the newsletter, I also send you my free morning routine planner. 
it basically walks you through the process of creating a Christ-honoring morning routine so that you can get up earlier, read your Bible more consistently, and plan your day a little bit. That's totally free just for signing up. So go check it out. It's newsletter.redeemingproductivity.com. And I hope to see you over there at Reagan's Roundup. Hey, and listen, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, would you do me a favor and leave a review? Apparently that helps. I don't know. People say it does. I trust them. So go leave a review on the podcast. Let people know you like it and share it with a friend. And I will be here in the coming weeks with more of season two of the Redeeming Productivity Show. And I hope you'll stick around. All right. Well, I'll see you guys again here next week. But until I do, remember this. In whatever you do, do it well and do it all for the glory of God. (laughs) 